have Richard Pryor on the uh, on the on the line here. So, um, Richard, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today, Alan. Yeah, it says here on Wikipedia that you are an American stand-up comedian, comic, and social critic. Is what it says here, actually. And I do do all of those things as well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm alive, Alan. Oh, you're alive. Amazing. I love it. (laughs) Okay, so we're not talking about the Richard Pryor, but we're talking to Richard Pryor here, my friend. And uh, we met here at uh, Tony Robbins' Date with Destiny in 2018. That was uh, Palm Beach, Florida. And uh, I'm excited to bring him onto the show because he's got a, a story to share with us in terms of his Tony journey. And um, and that's what the whole podcast is about. So I'm excited to hear about it. And uh, Richard, I'm sure you're excited to share. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Alan. I'm so excited to be here. I love telling my story. Really excites me. So let me get going. And if I pause and... That's because uh, it's a little emotional sometimes for me. So just bear with me and I'll be be fine. (laughs) Okay. So, oh, my journey with Tony, I guess the first time I ever saw Tony is when I was uh, probably 18, 19 years old. Wow. Yeah. uh, He was on TV Mm. and I had just had my son. I, I had my son really early. Actually, he was 20 years old. I had my okay. son Richard. That is so, very early. Yeah. Yeah, very early. I was a kid who had a kid, but uh, oh, it was so amazing. <laughs> I grew up really fast. Oh, okay. So, so I remember my son had colic. And what colic is, is a baby just cries and cries and cries, and you mm. cannot satisfy the cry. No matter, you can't feed him, you can't do anything. So, what my nights consisted of with him when he was younger was driving around in the car, you know bouncing him in a, in a basket, you know, with the clothes, you put the clothes in, the dirty clothes in, mm. the clothes were clean, but bouncing them up and down. And while I was doing this, I would be watching Tony mm. on these infomercials, mm. you know, when he was, I don't know, he must've been, he must've been four or five years older than me. Or maybe he was, I don't know, 26, 27. So that's my first taste of Tony. Right. And, you know, I didn't, I bought a couple of his books back then, but I was young. I didn't know anything and mm. I needed to support my family. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, fast forward through life uh, <laughs> a long way. We're going to fast forward to when I was 47 years old. Okay. So I'm 47 mm-hmm. and uh, I'm running my own IT business. I got my mm. son working for me, the one Richie I just said. Right. He had been working for me for nine years. And, um, you know, life was great traveling the world. And, you know, life was just, it couldn't get any better. Oh, wow. And then, uh, but life, unfortunately, had different plans mm. and plans that we didn't expect. In February 5th of 2015, my wife and I were uh, shopping. We were getting some uh, food. We were mm-hmm. going to have a barbecue. We invited our two sons over, Richie and Matthew. Mm. And our younger son called, called us up in the store and said that he was at our other son Richie's house and um, he wasn't responding. Mm. You know, so when you get... When somebody says those words to you, you kind of you kind of know that that that's really bad, and that there's 
When somebody's not responding, you know what you know what that means. Right. So mm-hmm. I mean, my wife and I drove in the car, you know, as fast as we could. People wouldn't get out of our way. They had no idea. And mm-hmm. um we got to his house and the cops were there, the fire fire trucks and all the all that stuff. And um the police officer, you know, told us that, you know, Richie was gone. Wow. Yeah, so that was um that that almost killed my wife and I. That that was that was the worst day of our lives. And um, you know, we didn't know we didn't know what to make of it. It's the shock, the horror. Yeah. When you lo- you lose your kid and, and he was he was my best friend. Right. You guys worked together, you said, right? He was so. my best friend, yeah. He worked for me for nine years and I was just so so thankful, but I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah. but, you know, so we you know, they told us that and it was like we were just in a complete we disconnected ourselves from the world at that point, my wife and I. Right. We just we went into this this funk of desperation and it was just a spiral almost of death. I didn't know that a dark hole like that existed in life. And what uh what kind of caused you uh, well we know what caused it kind of but what what continued that spiral in terms of the thought pattern or the process that you were going through when you're you know when you're ha- going through that that time in your life so it was it was more about you know my thoughts i come to the conclusion after a while but i was it was why did this happen mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. and i just i was focusing so much on on the bad bad what bad happened why did god do this mm. you know how could the universe do that to me what what did i do in a previous life mm. to deserve something like this mm. maybe we deserved it you know mm. we were horrible parents mm. you know what did we miss all these things that and it just you keep reliving them over and over again and this totally. went on this went on for you know a year and a half i mean my wife mm. and i were in shock for the first two or three months you know, we really didn't come out of anything. And then when we did come out of it, the doctors were there to push uh, antidepressants on us. Mm. I think my doctor, she tried four or five different ones. Mm. And then she finally found one that worked. And then, you know, and that kept me numb. It kept me from reality. I was just going to say, what kind of work did you mean? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Got it. So the one actually numbed you. The others didn't. Got it. Okay. No, the others made me nauseous and all this yeah. stuff. But, but, you know, but they, they just, it's like I, was, I felt like a guinea pig. Got it. And then on top of that, you know, I, I, lo- I drank. I drank a lot. You know, every right. day, every day when I got home, my wife and I would just sit in these same two chairs every day and just, just kind of let our minds go. And we Numb yourself even further, right? Is really yeah, we let our minds go to the dark yeah. places. He'll never, mm. he'll, we'll never see his children. He'll never get married. Mm. You know, all these things that, mm-hmm. you know, you hope to have when you have a child that you want it. These are the, these are the things that you look forward to grandchildren, all that stuff. And Absolutely. we came to the point that, that, but we sat in that. And for some reason, Alan, we just, we, we were in that story and we couldn't get out of that story. It was every day and it, and it just kept on going month after month and there was no help for us you know in the beginning we had some of the some of our friends there and then after a while you know everybody gets on with life but we couldn't Mm -hmm. we were stuck you know Mm -hmm. this we were stuck in this 
in this this nightmare of a story, yeah. this horror story, mm-hmm. and, and we couldn't get out. No matter mm-hmm. what we did, we tried. We went to a couple of bereavement groups. They weren't weren't for us. We didn't mm-hmm. get into a parents a hospice group for parents. Mm. where it was eight weeks, but it took us four months to get into that program. And it was only eight weeks and then we were done. Mm. But we found comfort in, in that, in those eight weeks with those other parents, because when you, when you meet with another parent that lost a child, right. there is such a, there's a deep connection there that nobody will ever understand unless. Unless you've experienced it before, unless pretty much. Unless you've experienced that. So, you yeah. know, that we found such solace in those, those eight weeks. But mm. after that, we were back to square one again. Mm. We were going through life. We were, we would go to birthday parties, which we shouldn't have been to, mm. and we were doing things that we we shouldn't we should have said no to, mm. you know. And I talk, you know, I wrote a book about grief, and I talk a lot about that in the book. That saying no is all right, and not needing to have an excuse mm. for anything. You don't owe anybody any excuse. Mm-hmm. It's, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Society has put such a I don't know what to call it. It's just that everybody needs to have an excuse for everything. Oh, mm. you know, I think it stems from school. My dog ate my home. Yeah, totally. Like so totally. Now, yeah. You know, we go through life having, a, oh, what are we going to use? We don't want to go to that wedding next week. What are we going to use for excuse? And it's, it's, you don't even need one. No, no. You don't even need one. So it's like we're friend, creating stories without needing to even create the story at all. Right. Right, we're just fabricating, <laughs> fabricating more stuff just to complicate our lives. So, so my wife and I were just, we were like on autopilot, Alan. We just, mm-hmm. we were like robots. Richie had his own house, and we cleaned that house like we were like Navy SEALs going into, going mm-hmm. into do a mission. It's right. like we were devoid of all emotions mm-hmm. for that. You know, those two days we were mm-hmm. on a mission because my wife said if we let that house sit there for another couple of weeks. We would have never went back there to clean it out and do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And we would still would still be sitting there. So there was some of those things that we kind of just, we put on this, I, I like to call it the mask, the mask of society. We mm-hmm. put this mask on. Mm-hmm. And, and when we were out in public, we wore the mask. Mm-hmm. And we did this for a year and a half. And then we were by ourselves. We cried. I cried every day on my way to my office. Every day. Mm-hmm. Every day on the way to the office, I cried. I put on music on that reminded me of Richie, which made me cry. And it kept me in this, it kept me in this emotional state, totally. which was bad. But for some reason, I needed to be there. I don't know if that makes any sense, but but for some reason, I felt home there. Mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. at home there. Mm-hmm. And, and then during lunch, I would go out my car or I would walk the streets and I would just, I would cry more. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. was a continual pattern that my wife and I had for, God, it, it, it's it got to be about a year and a half that we were doing this. We went on a, a vacation that we shouldn't have went on. We had planned a vacation with Richie for mm-hmm. our New Year's Eve cruise, and we went on it with a couple of his friends. The biggest mistake of our lives. Mm-hmm. We should have never did that because we weren't ready. Mm-hmm. We weren't ready to socialize. And there were a lot of people saying, oh, you got to get out. You have to do this. You, you can't. Uh, you should. You... I had one of my best friends that's no longer a friend. Mm-hmm. Um said that you know told somebody else that it's been a year he should have been over it by now mm-hmm. and this guy knew my son since he was uh four years old mm-hmm. so it's people like that that you come in contact to that you know that even that suck your energy out, out of you even more right, right. so we learned a lot of that uh, you know we, we kind of made a list who's killing us and who's helping us 
Mm. And then we divided and conquered. <laughs> so mm. we, we took, we removed those people out of our lives that weren't helping us. Right. Right. So as my wife and I were going, I'm getting to the Tony Robbins part. <laughs> no. Hey. For everybody out there, that's like, when is he going to go there? Like, I'm getting there. <laughs> it means nothing if I don't tell you the backstory. <laughs> he told us at 18 and 19 that he heard something about Tony Robbins, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. And it's like, yeah. So my wife and I, I guess, you know, we're going through life, just like I said, like mannequins. We, we were... We were deadened. I was on the antidepressants and drinking, mm -hmm. and you know, I didn't care. I, I lost my my purpose in life. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I failed as a father, mm -hmm. and everything else is irrelevant because our only job as parents is to keep our kids alive. That's how and, I felt. You know, and, and no one ever expects to be to to be here longer than their kids, right? Like you, no, you not, expect no. to leave before your kids leave. This is a normal fact of life normally, right? So yep. to have your whole paradigm shifted through this experience, the situation, it must be John. Yeah, and, and that's like, Alan, that's so true. It's And the expectations is, is one of those that that's, there's got to be a percentage up there, the high 70s or 80s, that you're going to outlive your child. So mm -hmm. my expectations were up there mm -hmm. that this would never, ever happen to us. Mm -hmm. But when it did, I was scared as shit. Mm -hmm. I was scared I was going to lose my other son. I was scared uh, my, I was, my wife was going to go. I was scared for my mom. I was scared. I was so scared of everything that mm -hmm. I was just, I was like frozen in life. Right, because you thought you were the cause of it, possibly, yeah, right? Yeah, I thought, you know, I did something wrong, and now now God, the universe, whoever you worship, is going to take everything from me. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I had so much. I had so much goodness. Even though I lost my dad when, when, when I was only 27, my dad was 52 when he passed. Mm. And then I lost my grandfather 10 years later after that. Mm. he was like a dad and then 10 years later after that I lost Richie so it was like wow. I felt like I was I was like cursed right you know losing all these 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 figures in my life these guys right. I mean yeah yeah so my wife and I just like let me get back <laughs> I, I sidetrack <laughs> a little so we just we're doing our thing and um th there's no help it's just the same repetition over and right over. we're right. just we're like robots yeah. You know, people are talking to us and I'm dead inside. Got I don't it. want to even smile because I'm afraid to smile. Now, this... that smiling or laughing, and that's my whole life is about smiling and laughing, mm. especially making other people laugh, is that if I do that, I'm disrespecting my son's life. Mm. You know, and that's, that's all I thought about. That's why my wife and I would never smile. People, and we went to a wedding, and God bless, we went to a dear friend's wedding, you know. Her son got her son got married, mm -hmm. and um, we didn't want to go. It was mm -hmm. about eight nine months after Richie passed, maybe a year, mm -hmm. and we didn't want to go. But but God bless her. We we told her that we're we're afraid if we go, people start telling us they're sorry and all this shit mm -hmm. that we're gonna just break down. Totally. So what she did was she told everybody not to bother us about that. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. So, and it was so good. It was so good because everybody wants to express their, you know, that we haven't seen. They want to express, you know, how their sorry. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, for mo most part, I'm up for that. But in that event, it was so nice not to have that element there. Everybody talked to us like, like nothing really. Normal, happened. like normal right. human beings, right? It's not that we didn't want to forget the event. We didn't want to spoil 
that day by overshadowing it with what yeah. happened to us. Makes sense. You know, so we felt mm-hmm. like by us going, we would have been the center of attention and we didn't want to do that to them because they were such beautiful people. Makes sense. Makes sense. So it was, it was things like that, that, you know, we were just picking and choosing what should we do? What should we do? And so as I'm driving in every day, like I'm driving into to my office in Boston, I'm driving in and uh, I started seeing these big, big, huge billboards, Tom Brady, Julie Edelman, and mm. Tony Robbins. It's called the National Achievers Conference. So I'm driving into work every day. I'm crying, wiping the tears. People, I see the people in this traffic every day, the same people, and they must think I'm out of my my mind. (laughs) Every day I'm at the the red light and just the tears are rolling down my eyes and my eyes are all bloodshot. So they must think I'm a basket case and a half. So I drove by that, that, uh, those signs for about three weeks. And it's like, hmm. You know what? I love football. I love the Patriots. I know everybody that hates me out there. I have my Tom Brady jersey right here. So all these Patriots haters out there. Number six. It's too bad. Okay? <laughs> Number six. Okay. All, you're not going to have any listeners after this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all my listeners will be from the Boston area. That's New right. England. Yes. Come on board because no one else cares. No, just kidding. <laughs> so, so. I get to my office one day and it's like, okay, you know what I'd love to do? I, Richie passed away in July of 2015 mm. and February 3rd of 2015, we had the, the great honor of watching the Patriots all together and watching them beat the Ravens. That last catch, the last, the interception, the last minute mm-hmm. uh, by Malcolm Butler. Mm-hmm. And that was such a beautiful memory that we've got, we got from that game. So I think what an awesome thing it would be, you know, to go to this event, meet Tom Brady and thank him for such a wonderful, a wonderful memory that he gave my, myself, my son, my family, mm-hmm. you know, watching that last Super Bowl there and, and celebrating like, like crazy. So that's what I'm going to do. I didn't give a shit about Tony Robbins and whoever else was going to be there. Right. I wanted to go take a picture with Tom Brady and shake his hand. Right. Honestly. So what did I do? I went and I bought the most expensive VIP experience. It was, I don't know, it was <laughs> five or $6,000. Right. I got to sit up front and I was so excited. And it was, I think it was like a 12 hour, 14 hour day when Tony got there. It was supposed to be a nine hour day, but Tony got there. It was a, uh, an extra seven or eight hours because <laughs> he was no one value. no one on this podcast i'm assuming is surprised at all so <laughs> so went to the event and the event was great it was called the national achievers of Con- conference mm-hmm. and they had guys like marcus limonis there they had uh, the girl from skinny girl vodka i believe it is and oh, they so had yeah. um the guy from Shark Tank, the one that everybody hates. I forgot his name. So they had all these presenters. O'Leary. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly him. <laughs> so you knew who it was. I didn't have to say just the guy that everybody hates. Yeah. So, okay. So they go all through this stuff. And um, the guy that comes on before Tony, I'll get back to him in a minute. Mm. He was a book publisher. I'll get back to him after. Okay. So he goes through his thing. And then, and then, uh, then Tony comes on. Mm. And all right, as Tony comes on, he brings on. Uh, Tom Brady and Julie Julian Edelman, oh, and they're they're talking about you know the, the the Super Bowls they won and what made them better. And Tony was doing this awesome interview with them mm. before Tony went on to do his thing. 
They took a little, you know, five minute, 10 minute break, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I went to take a break. We come back and um, Tony comes on stage again. And then I'm looking around to the people that are sitting around me and they all have pictures. Oh. They have pictures with themselves and Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. Wow. And it's like, well, it's like, well, what the fuck happened? Where, where did you get those from, kind of? They did. Somehow, they didn't announce it to everybody. It was like word of mouth. Oh. So the whole purpose I went there for was to go get a picture with Brady uh-huh. and shake his hand. Right. And that didn't happen, Alan. Right. I was, I was, so, I was so enraged. <laughs> I was like, dude, I spent all this money and now right. I got nothing for it. I just wanted a picture and I just wanted to thank him, shake his head. That's all I wanted. I paid right. five grand to do that. Right, right. So I was pissed off. I didn't care. Tony was coming up next. I didn't, I remember him from when, you know, I was 19, 18, 19 years sure, old. Sure, sure. But that didn't matter then. I go, what, what the hell is he going to do for me? <laughs> yeah. You know, so he starts, he starts his thing and there was, there was people in the crowd and they started jumping up, dancing, singing, screaming, yes, yes. And it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I had no idea. And I kind of thought, I, no, I was really, really uncomfortable because that is not me. You know, that is not mm-hmm. what I do. I don't like, I don't like any kind of, displays anything like that right touching people hugging people yep. dancing around i'll do it after you know seven or eight vodka on the rocks <laughs> you know <laughs> with your best buddies <laughs> yes but not not with strangers yeah so i kind of was i sat i was sitting there you know i wasn't sitting actually we were all standing mm. and tony started going through his thing okay and first he talked about, you know, the physiology and in, in being in state. And he he talked, he spoke to that with such um, passion that I kind of understood it right away. And mm-hmm. then I understood what everybody else around me was doing, you know, mm-hmm. dancing around, jumping. It was all about, you know, changing your state to be in a better, be in a better place. Mm-hmm. You know, because the state I was in when I went there, I was in like low energy, bad, bad state. I was depressed. Mm. I didn't care about anything in the world. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about anybody. Mm-hmm. So he goes through this state stuff and it's like, wow, this is, this is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then he started switching gears oh. and he started talking about, you know, what we focus on, what we focus on, where the focus goes, energy flows. Mm-hmm. And as he's talking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I really had, I really had some profound moments sitting in that seat, standing, whatever I was doing. And I was just thinking, it's like, wow, okay, what have I been focusing on? I've been focusing on how shitty life is, how I got screwed over, my wife got screwed over, my son got screwed over. You know, what, what, what do we do wrong? You know, life is over. There's nothing else left for us. It's just a big pile of shit from here on out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, it's, we might as well, I might as well end it because I can't see any way of getting beyond this pain because the pain I was in was like, and nobody really understands that unless you ask somebody that lost a child, how that, 
it's like a stabbing in your heart that won't stop and you want it you want it to stop and like right. i said the drugs and the alcohol they help the antidepressants they help with that stabbing but when you're when you're not under that influence or anything the pain is just so so unbearable right there's nowhere to run you know i was my wife and i were talking about we're going to run away we're going to go move to we're going to go move to uh, South America somewhere. Or mm-hmm. We're going to move to Siberia. Mm-hmm. And it's, it doesn't matter where we move. If we st- we're still bringing the same mindset, the right. same story and the same emotions. If we're, we're still living with those things, we're going to bring them wherever we are. So we're not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I says, wow, what about if I focused on how wonderful it was Interesting. To, have, to have 27 years with my son? What about if I focused on what a, what a beautiful life we have and, and, and the amazing family that I have, that I still have? Mm-hmm. You know, what about if I started focusing on, on, on these things? Interesting. How could that, how could that make my life better? And that was, the first, that was the first moment Alan, when I just started, I started seeing that light, you know, that light. I was in that hole, like I said, the darkest hole. Mm-hmm. ever imaginable i could see the light there just open up a little bit saying mm-hmm. that wow if i started thinking about things in a different perspective mm-hmm. maybe there is hope for me to climb out of this hole mm-hmm. maybe there is hope mm-hmm. wow that's yeah. huge that's it, it was it was just huge just the focus aspect because i was focusing so much on me 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 i was being selfish you know, I was just, I was catering to my own needs. I didn't care about my wife or my other son mm-hmm. or my mom. We all had losses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just, I was just thinking about me. I was focusing on, on my, how it affected me. Right. Right. But in the moment, I didn't know I was being selfish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I came to that conclusion year, uh, months later, years later, sure. I came to that conclusion mm-hmm. um, that I was being selfish. But yes. I didn't know any better. It was new territory. It was the unknown. Absolutely. It was unknown, and, and it was it was an experiment. What can I do to make myself feel better? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so Tony went through the focus exercise, and that really, like I said, I started taking notes, and I have the notes to this, to this day. I have notes in my journal that I wow. took about wow. that. You know, just the focus, and I was just I was writing like a fiend because he said, you know, write stuff down because it. Your brain will process it different on one side of the brain than the other. Whatever mm-hmm. you're saying, I was just, I was in another state right there. After changing my state and after changing my focus, I felt hope. Mm. I felt hope. And then the next thing he said, he blew my mind. Mm. And this is what really changed, changed me 180 degrees from where I was. The okay. next thing he talked about was, was the meaning. Mm-hmm. And the meaning we give to things. Mm. And at that time, when I got there, before he came on stage, the meaning I was given to everything was, how could God, the universe, do this to me? Mm-hmm. Okay? That was the meaning. There was nothing else. Mm-hmm. And then as he talked, I was like, okay, so he's telling us, well, if you have a bad event in life, something to that effect, what other meaning could you give it that could turn it into something positive? So in that moment, I was like, okay, I had the worst thing imaginable ever happen that could ever happen to a parent, a human being for that fact, happened to me. 
So where is the, the silver lining in the darkest cloud here? Wow. And in that moment, I says, hmm, maybe it was for me to go through this so I could be a voice or I could be a, a person that can help others that are going through similar, similar challenges, similar situations in life. Wow. Maybe that, maybe that is why I got this. Maybe this is, this is the meaning, this is the purpose of my life. I thought the purpose of my life was be, to be an IT guy, you know, right. own a business, travel the world, live like support a rock. Support your family. That's yeah, support my family, do what, what everybody does. Right. So, and I took this and I said, wow, I have a higher calling now. Wow. This, this, is, this is what I'm supposed to do. And in that moment, it was like my eye, the light at the end of the tunnel just completely opened up and I, and I saw... I saw sunlight for the first time in, in over a year and a half. Wow. Yeah, I, I believe the, the conference was in April of 2000, April, May, May of 2017. That was the first time I saw the light. Got it. Got it. And don't remember what else happened after, after that. You know, I, he spoke about a lot of other things, but sure. But those that, you know, the physiology, you know, the focus, what I was focused on, the meaning I was given to that event. Those were the things that were holding me back from, from uh, healing. Right. You know, from healing and, 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 the, and the fear that I had because I was so scared of everything. Totally. I was totally. just, I was, I was vulnerable. I was scared. I was afraid of life. And what a powerful question you started asking yourself, right? How this event, this situation that occurred to you, your wife, and your family that how maybe this is for me to share to others. What a powerful, powerful question. And it's amazing how when we get beyond ourselves, what, what that creates or what that opens up to. Mm. So you're so right. And, and you don't, and you don't realize that, 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 you know, at the end of the event, the event was, had nothing to do with Tom Brady. Mm hmm you know, you see all these things in life. There's, there's a mean, there's a reason for everything. And I'll just share, I just finished a book that I wish I had a year and a half ago. Mm. It's called Everything Happens for a Reason. Mm. And it's by a local girl here in Boston, Mira Kirschenbaum. And this book, I just finished it. And I wish I, I had this <laughs> a year and a half ago. Right. And, it's, and it just talks about there's a reason for everything. But the great, successful, and people that are, live with happiness and a beautiful state in life find those reasons. Mm -hmm. Find those reasons why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ask a better question. That's it. That's the better question. Right. So at the end of the event, it's like, okay, I didn't get my, I didn't get my picture taken with Tom Brady, but boy, did I get, did I get the best education of my entire life when I needed it the most. It's amazing how you went from one moment going, this 5K was not worth it whatsoever. I'm so freaking pissed off here. This is unreal to this is the most amazing moment in my life. It's what a shift. Like you went from the depths of, you went to the depths of, wow, pain and suffering to enlightenment. That's amazing. 
and, and you know what? I was I was so pissed off after I saw those pictures. I sent an email to the to the uh, people that were at the event. <laughs> I said, "Listen, you son of a bitches! I paid five thousand dollars, and all I wanted was to take a picture and shake Tom Brady's hand, and I didn't get that. Right. And I had already sent that right after I saw the pictures." <laughs> It's so irritated. What was the I'm reply? Like, I'm curious. I'm curious. What was the reply? I don't remember. I don't remember if anybody replied. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, no. you know, if, if, you, if, if you got like, I don't know, there was probably five or 600 people that paid five grand a whack to True. do that. True. And you don't announce it. True. You know, it's, 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 because it, it you are. So after the event, I was just, I was feeling so much. You know, I felt like uh, there was a, not all the weight, but but some of it, some of it, some of the weight was lifted off my shoulders. A tremendous amount, right? Probably a, a tremendous amount. You know, I, I tell in my book because I don't want to tell everything. Mm-hmm. I tell in my book how, you know, you know the weight. It was a lot of heaviness that we carried around with us. But after that event, a lot of it just it, a lot of it just fell off, and that was the stuff I was carrying around in my mind. Mm. Created this heaviness in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I did, I did get, I I did get to shake Tony's hand. Mm. I did get to take a picture with him. I went Mm. up to him and I got the picture. I'm looking at it right now. And he goes, I go, hey, Tony Robbins. He goes, ah, Richard Pryor. He goes, get out. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) So that was, that was, that was such a blessing. So I'll take you. Because of that event, life started looking uh, a little bit more hopeful. Mm, mm. And like I said, you know, before Tony came on, there was a guy there that was a, he was a book publisher. Mm. Yes, you mentioned. So after the event, um, I went and I attended this book publishing guy's event. Oh, okay. And so on and so forth. I ended up writing a book. And it's called Warriors of Life, Conquering okay. and Battling Your Way Back to Happiness. Okay. Okay, so after I, you know, had the Tony event, I did this year and a half of, of just exploring my life, you know, what my purpose is, and I really took it upon myself to, to try and understand, you know, why this happened to me, you know, and the resources and, and all the, all the research I did into, uh, you know, death and you know the loss of a loved one loss of a right. child right so that was my i took a year and a half journey got it to understand and learn all this stuff and then a couple of months later because i went to the event i received mm-hmm. an email in my inbox that says florida tony robbins event date with destiny I was mm. like, what is this mm-hmm. and it's like oh i had about 8 hours 8 or 9 hours of tony in may Mm-hmm. I mean, what would five or six days do? Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. called my wife and says, we're going to Florida in uh, December. That was 2017. Okay. And so we attended Date with Desi. That was my first one. That, so that was my first real Tony event. December it, it, 2017 is when 2017. it was. 2017. Got yeah. it. Okay. So I went into this event with, you know, I had, I had all these problems, all these stories. And it was funny. I took my wife. She didn't attend the event. She attended the last one we went to back this past December. Got it. She stayed, she stayed in the condo with the dogs. Oh, okay. Got it. And she calls me up that she calls me. She calls me up that first night. It's 
one o'clock in the morning. She goes, where are you? Yeah. And it's like, I had been at the event since, I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning. She says, I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know when I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> at least she so, responded. I mean. <laughs> I had, I was just in such a state of WTF. Yeah. That I don't, I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I rolled into the house that first night. I was the first night. I think it was at three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I was up and out of the house the, the next morning and I got like three hours of sleep. That's right. Yeah. And she goes, what did you get yourself into? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, but I'm going, I'm going through it and I'm going to, I'm going to do it all. Yeah. So each day I felt myself growing and growing with all the material, changing my story, learning my towards values and away values. Yes. All these incredible, incredible things. I mean, changing my story was so insightful. I did my mission board and, right. and it was just at the end of the event, I came home and she goes, what happened? Mm-hmm. She saw I was different. Mm-hmm. And I says, um, I don't know. Mm. I can't explain it to you. Mm. So that was, and then the next night was the last night of the event. So they were they were promoting uh, this Platinum Partner Program. Right. So, and I had made a promise to my wife because we travel so much over, over our lives. We, you know, we do seven, eight trips a year. Wow. And like next year, which would be 2018, we are not going anywhere. We just bought a house down by the beach, mm. Plymouth, Mass. Mm. We're going to just Good hang enough. out at the house with the dogs, go to the mm-hmm. beach, mm-hmm. Enjoy, enjoy life for a year without you know, getting on planes and running around. Right. It right. was awesome. Mm-hmm. There I am, Platinum Partners. And they said, you got to stand up and, and do what's right. And, you know, you got to take the bull by the horns, whatever. Yeah. Burn the boats. Burn the boats. <laughs> and it's like, I went, walked right up there. I gave them my credit card. Okay. We're in. It's like, yeah, we're not going to be, we're not going to be staying home next year. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me about that. So you, you got right into Platts. I got right into plots. Yeah, they they made the pitch, and I just saw myself. I I needed that. Right. I needed that. I did not want to. Um, I did not want to stop my journey at date with destiny. I got so much out of it. I couldn't even imagine what else. You know, what else could be in front of me. So I just go ahead. And uh, what I want to say is like, yeah. I, I could imagine the energy that you're, you know, you're feeling with, with the connection to the people and really wanting to stay connected to that proximity really is what it is, right? And like with people that are living it at the highest level, essentially, which is what Platts are. Yes. And, and the biggest reason I joined Platts was, was, was specifically for the, for the proximity. I just, I love being around pe- like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And being at these events, you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just, you know, the plats, that's a great, but just being at the Tony event and being around people that are like-minded. That's right. You know, cause I had spent five days in my own group and I didn't even go into the plat group for date with Tessa. That first one, I stayed with my own group cause I, right. I, I built connection and I bonded with them. Yep. Yeah. You know, but it was sense. just having somebody that thought, thought the way I wanted to think I needed mm-hmm. more of that in my life where I was at. Brilliant move. Brilliant move. And I couldn't get that Alan in my little beach town here in, in Plymouth. 
Yep. There aren't people like that around here. Oh, I haven't met them yet. Yep. So yep. I needed that. And mm-hmm. I, I loved I love traveling too. So it was like I kinda think, oh, this is the perfect thing. Yeah. Whatever whatever the cost was, it was the cost, but I know I needed it to bring to move me even more forward. Right. Yeah. So I got home that, that last night and I told my wife, she goes, Okay, so we're not staying home. I was like, Nope, we're we're going. <laughs> we're going. Our and first, our and what was her reaction to that? We, I'm curious. What was that? And what was her reaction to that? Oh, she, I'm loves, curious. She, she loves it. She supports my wife. God bless oh, her. That's she amazing. is she is the queen, queen of my world. Oh, I've been together beautiful. 31, 31 years and beautiful. I wouldn't be where I am without her. Without oh, her support and her love. God bless mm. her. Mm. God bless her. So, mm-hmm. so she goes, okay, okay, we're, we're going to do this then. Mm-hmm. So we finished up that date with destiny. Cause she asked me, she goes, well, what, what, what happened? Yes. You can't, you can't give a summary of what happens at date with destiny <laughs> in a sentence in an hour. You couldn't even write a fucking thesis on it. <laughs> but okay. meanwhile, she's staring at a result that's in she's front of her. At right? saying, wow, <laughs> yeah. this fucker is happy. He's smiling. Yeah. He hasn't. He has. He slept maybe five hours all week. How yeah. could this be possible? <laughs> and he's got more energy bouncing off the walls. Still. Yes, he's bouncing <laughs> off the walls and shit. And it's like, well, I want some of that. Yeah. So I, I told imagine. him, okay, honey, I can't explain it, but what what you're gonna you're gonna do is, I bought into this program, and what you get is you get to come to a lot of the events with me. Oh, amazing. So you're gonna learn. You're mm-hmm. gonna learn what I experienced. So the first event, actually, after that, we left for Europe with our dogs for two and a half months. We traveled the whole whole Europe so I could finish my book. And that's what I did in Europe all over. I think we did nine amazing. countries, two and a half, amazing. which was amazing. amazing. So our first trip I booked while we were in Europe was um, UPW in San Jose. Okay. No way. I was there. Yes. Were you? I was San Jose UPW at the, at the SAP Center or whatever. Yeah, the San Jose with a shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that no was way. the first one. And, and you know what? And it was so amazing. So mm. just, you know, that was my first one. And that was her first one. And we got to experience it together. Together. We got to, mm. we got to walk the fire together. Mm. And she, she understood it. Mm. She understood it. And she got it. And, and she was very... She was, okay, I get it now. And that's mm. the only way I could get her to understand because a lot of people out there that are married or they have relationships with somebody, one mm-hmm. person's in the cult and one's not because yes. everybody calls it a cult. Yes. And I don't give a shit what you call it. Yeah. I needed it for me and I got what I needed out of it because I'm, I am so much better than I was. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't care what you call it. And I don't really tell people that I'm, that I, you know, I'm in Tony Robbins because they start forming their own perceived, you know, preconceived notions about it, you of know, course. their blueprint in life. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a cult. And you drink the Kool-Aid. And it's like, I don't give a shit what it is. Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. I drink it all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it. I love the messages. I love what I've learned. So we did UPW. And, and it was just, you know, we, end, we came out of that just, you know, even better. Mm. And then a, a couple of months later, we did, um, we were in Fiji for health and wealth, health mm. and uh, Life and wealth, life and, wealth, and that yeah. was just more, more magic. And I met so many, so many beautiful friends that I have to this day. We're going on a, we rented a couple of boats out of St. Thomas in a few weeks. Sixteen of us, mm-hmm. and you know, even and after life and wealth, that we even became healthier. And it just we learned that we could live from food without four days, even surrounded by all this 
this gla- these glamorous meals and dishes and drinks we couldn't touch. Right. But for four days, we just drank juices. Yes. And after that event, it was just, it changed our life. Right. And then each event after that just, just kept on building, you know, mm. business mastery, Business mm-hmm. Mastery 2 in Rotterdam. Then I did this, mm-hmm. the, the Platt Adventure Trip, which is more bonding and more learning from all these amazing people in the proximity. Right. And just talking to them, it just opened my eyes so wide. And I thought I had, I thought I had experiences and I thought I was very adventurous until I just, it brought my life to the next level doing this, right. doing a one, one year world tour. Right, and then by finishing it up, you know, this year with um, we did Leadership Academy, which was incredible in San Diego, mm-hmm. and then finishing it up this year with Date with Destiny with you was with, doing leadership was the most magical thing, other than having my kids and getting married. My kids get married. I got to make sure I get the other ones first. Okay, that's the, we'll put it number five because I'm sure there's another one in there. We'll put that <laughs> number five on the list of. The most magical things in the world. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. I said her, my sons, my dogs, my mom. That's four. Okay, number five. That's that's having that experience, that date with destiny, having yes. a group of people, yes. having people that I could coach and mentor for those six days of empowerment that I felt the year before, and meeting you was just wow. I can't wait to do it again. I'm just and- so excited for next year. Um, and your first time, and your wife's first time uh, experience date with Destiny too, is that right? Yes, then? yes. She Which is, to she me, is. I think Date with Destiny is is the most powerful program that he has, in my opinion. Uh, not that the others are not, but to me, like that one really gets digs down deep and to the core. So um, that's probably pretty amazing for her as well. It was, and she got sick halfway into it. I got sick, and she goes, stay home. I said, no, I can't. I have people that are, that are dependent on me. Yeah. So she got sick a couple of days into it. But mm. anybody out there that's just new to the Tony world, mm. I did everything backwards like I do in everything in life. I do everything backwards, <laughs> which there's no rule. I do everything how I feel like I'm going to do it. Yeah. But I would just recommend everybody do UPW and taste it out first. Yeah. Get a feeling for it, the energy, because you're going to go into Date with Destiny with so much... Um. A little bit more experience than everybody else. And as Tony likes to put it, it's like putting yourself to the fire hose, right? Drinking from a fire, uh, fire hose. <laughs> and it is. Coming, right? Right? So. And, it, and it is. And, and you know what? You know what I love about Date with Destiny? You get pushed so far out of your own comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And the magic lies in the unknown. Yeah. And yeah. in, in where you're uncomfortable. That's the magic lies. And during those six days, six days, I don't know, it's 800 hours, whatever it is, they figured out a way to fit 25 hours in a day at that mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's like drinking out of a fire hose. But mm-hmm. I find that the two times I went there, I'm learning something different each time. Mm-hmm. 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 And, you know, I would not be where I am today if I hadn't been on this journey for the last year and a half, you know, with Tony. And while I was at Date with Destiny, uh, 2017, I wrote my four top goals. You know how you have to write the four things you want to achieve in 12 months? That's right, yeah. So number one, I wanted to thank, hug Tony and thank him for saving my life. Right. And I did that the next night when I joined Platts. Oh, so beautiful. it was really nice to be able to do that. He goes, how so? <laughs> I said, well, you were in Boston and you talked about focus and meaning and state and it changed my world. Right. <laughs> so he gave right. me a big hug and that was just so so meaningful to me right and right. uh 
So that's, that's where beautiful. I am. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Thank um, you. Yeah. And as you shared, you know, you, you, you don't think you'd be here if it weren't for Tony Robbins necessarily. Like you, I you obviously, you, you're, you thought your path was one of, you know, non-existence at some right. point, I'm guessing. Is that where it was? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think I had any purpose. I thought I was, I was just, I was on autopilot and I was just ready to just call it quits. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be anything. I had no, no drive, no passion, and, and mm -hmm. just really no purpose, Alan. Mm -hmm. Just completely depressed. Completely just depressed. Like... And, and like at that, so I'll just take you back to that UPW, that first UPW. Yeah. Two, two or three days into the event, I forgot what day it was. Mm -hmm. And I think Joseph's talking about drugs and whatever. Yeah. And that night, I told my wife, I was like, I'm done with the antidepressants. She goes, what are you mm -hmm. talking about? It's like, yeah, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I, she goes, you can't do that. It's like, I can do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. And that night, the next day, I didn't take them, and I haven't touched them since. So it was so, so awesome, you know, to be off that stuff where I'm not numbed and I have energy now and I, I'm not foggy anymore. So right. that's another benefit of being in that environment that it, that it got me not even to wean myself off the antidepressants, just to, to drop them cold turkey. I don't need them anymore. I get all this other beautiful, this beautiful ways to change my state without having to do it. You know, and would you say like that was kind of the moment where you saw that change was a must kind of for you where you're like, no more this. I just want to rid myself of all this stuff that that I used to hold on to kind of including the drugs. Yes. No, the U yes. The UPW was just that was definitely that that moment. It was like, OK, I'm tired of it because I, I was starting to get the, the drugs just weren't I could I wasn't myself. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I wasn't myself. I wasn't smiling, laughing, making other people laugh. So mm -hmm. I wasn't mm -hmm. myself and I couldn't stand, I couldn't stand being that version of myself because it wasn't my true self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I needed that. I, I didn't care what it was going to take. Mm -hmm. And I just stopped cold turkey. My doctor says, well, how's, how's the medication? I, go, I got it off it like six months ago. Mm. What do you mean? You're not, you're supposed to take, you take it slow. I said, no, yeah, I took it fast. <laughs> I took it fast. I wasn't waiting for you to tell me to, to wean down a 10 milligrams or whatever the hell you're going to do. No, no, I just got off of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And as, as you shared, you know, ideally, you know, I took UPW first before going to date with destiny and there's kind of a progression. There's advantages to doing that, but just as you, you had your journey kind of combobbled and mixed and shifted and you went to UPW after date with destiny, but we, we never know when the moment is for us, right? We, we don't know what that moment is. So you just got to keep continuing to move forward and search for, for the right answers. Yeah. Very, very well said. And, and like, like, you know, when I, t I talk about it in my book about, they say these seven stages of grief or whatever the hell it is. It's like, mm -hmm. It's like anything in, in life. I mean, we all we all do things and take things at different different ways. So mm -hmm. there's no set there's no set recipe for you know self help and professional development and self improvement. Mm -hmm. It's how you you envision things and and you know you can get it today and that's it. Then take it today. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. Maybe it'll be the next event. Mm -hmm. You know, but we're all, we're all individuals. That what that's what makes us unique. Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely um th this is amazing so richard what does the future hold for you now oh the future holds for me more traveling more traveling 
<laughs> my, plat- my platinum year is up in uh, March. Okay. And I am on a quest this year to um, enhance my coaching skills even further. Mm-hmm. I'm doing, uh, I'm going to be at a couple of uh, conferences this year. I'm doing a workshop at the Bereaved Parents of USA in St. Louis, Missouri in August. My wife and I are going to be a do- doing a couple of workshops there on relationships uh, for parents that are grieving with the loss of children. Brilliant. And we're also going to be at the Compassionate Friends Network Conference in Philadelphia in July. Mm. Um, do that, and I'm promoting my book. My book's my book's out, so I'm going to be doing a lot of promoting in that, and I'm doing right. a lot of volunteer work uh, around the local community. I'm going to be working with um, dads in a local prison here in Massachusetts. I'm going to be doing uh, eight-week uh, groups with uh, life coaching, helping them through uh, various struggles in life. So I got a lot of a lot of awesome stuff going on, and I'm also doing some entrepreneurial coaching on the side. Right. Helping small business owners, you know, move forward, get to the next level, you know, whatever the fears, obstacles, challenges that are in their life, helping them with those things. So I got so much stuff going on, which I love. And I have my podcast as well. So, yes. Okay. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. So, I'm just and the name of the program again is Inside the Mind of an Entrepreneur. Inside the Mind of an Entrepreneur. Beautiful. Beautiful. Awesome. So I'm so excited to be here, Alan. Just thank you so much for hearing my story. It's the first yeah. time I told well, my thank story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you but for sharing. if you sharing. want to hear the best parts of the story, you got to read my book. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, the book, of course, Warriors of Life. War- Warriors of Life, Conquering Grief, Battling Your Way Back to Happiness. You can find it on Amazon or you can get it um, on my website, thewarriorsoflife.com, mm-hmm. because the proceeds benefit my son Richie's foundation, mm-hmm. which helps disabled children. Um, disabled children, we get them laptops, iPads, things to help them with their disabilities. Got it. Just yep. to help the parents kind of cope and, and, yep. and get through it, right? So yep. amazing, amazing. And, and uh, how has, and one last question is, how has the, um, community, your family, your friends now see you now with this change. I'm just curious. I know your wife, of course, is involved with the, all they don't this. Know me. They don't know you. They don't know me anymore. Oh. You know, it's it's kind of nice. It's it's uh, I evolved to a I don't want to say a new person. I just I found my true my true self, my true identity. You know, mm-hmm. I don't bullshit anymore. I don't take anybody's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I tell everybody straight how it is. I and thought everybody... that's what everybody in Boston did anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the exceptions. <laughs> but now I am a true Bostonian. <laughs> no, but I have that compassionate. But you know what I found over this whole journey the last couple of years? I've just, yeah. I found so much more love and compassion that I have for people that I ever, mm. ever did through this mm. last couple of years with mm-hmm. Tony writing the book, you know, mm-hmm. through, the, through the grief of my son. It just, I've just become this, this person that has so much love and compassion to, to give to the world. And I just, that's my purpose is to do as much as I can and, and impact, change the world. I never thought I would ever say that I could change the world, but I could change it one person at a time. That's what I'm going to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I met you uh, just this past December and we went through that goals exercise together, 
it, it was instant to me. Like I didn't know your story. I didn't hear it or I wasn't privy to it at all. However, the energy that you had and, um, and the, what you brought to the exercise, as well as uh, being able to share that, you know, you did lose your son, you did share that moment and just, and, and how you shared it in the sense that you're, the way you shared about it was that you were grateful for the moments that you did have and it did, it, nothing seemed to bring you down with that experience, which is really for a lot of people, not, they're not just capable of doing that. So no. I just want to let you know that the energy that you had, and, and I'm sure you probably ha had others share, and I'm sure you felt it already, but instantly that connection, I could tell that, hey, you've gone through some things that you've overcome and you've overcame and uh, it, it, it it made me want to connect and, and be with you further because I knew that there was just a little bit more that I need to know and, and be, be there for. So I'm so glad that we did connect. I'm so glad that, you know, you did uh, in, accept my invitation to come on this podcast and continue calls and talks and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, thanks. Thanks. Alan. I feel the same way. I was just, I loved connecting with you and you were so passionate about your vision and how you wanted to change the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got to tell you that, you know, sharing my story, I, I, when I shared it originally, I was sharing it to get pity. Mm. My first, my son first passed, mm -hmm. I was sharing because I was feeding, I was feeding a need internally for somebody to have. Mm -hmm. Through my journey, I share it to inspire others that there is hope despite light throws at you mm -hmm. there is hope mm -hmm. there's always a way you just got to be resourceful mm. beautiful beautiful so i want to keep these calls to less than, than an hour i want to keep uh, i want to be um uh cognizant of time and your time and that sort of thing so i really appreciate it. thank you for sharing your story richard um and everybody that's listening i the, the purpose and the reason for these is so that everyone can hear a little bit more. I mean, Tony goes out and connects to so many people and he does open so many people up. And as he always says in the programs, you know, there's a reason why he picks these people. It's not just to help them. It's to help the, the greater good of the group, right, is what it is. However, everybody has a story. There's so many stories to be shared. And this is why I started this podcast is because I want to make sure that everyone gets to share their story because there's something to learn out of that is what I believe, right? So um, it's, it's essentially doing more of what Tony's already doing, enhancing that further because the, the community is so amazing. And I just want to be able to share more of what this community has already. Love it, Alan. Perfect. Keep going, dude. You're doing awesome work. I love it. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Richard, for taking the time and coming on this call. And um, I look forward to more of our calls. Same here. Thanks, Alan. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.